this morning. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 12, looking at the verse, first three verses of chapter 12. And my sermon today is titled, Elevate Perseverance. Elevate Perseverance. If I can talk. Perseverance. There we go. Last week, we continued looking at our Elevate series, and what we looked at was Elevate Faith. And we need faith, especially in this time that we're going through today. We need our faith to be elevated. And we saw that one of Jesus' things that he did was when he walked the face of this earth was he challenged his disciples in the area of faith. And it wasn't so much about them having more faith. It was about them having faith, period. And we learned last week that in, in order for us to elevate our faith, what, 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 what Jesus uh, challenges disciples, what he challenges us with is to take our unbelief and turning it into believing, turn it into faith. It's not having more faith. It's just having flat out period faith. And so we need to have our faith elevated from our unbelief to faith. Amen. And that was our challenge last week. This week, we're going to look at elevate perseverance, elevate perseverance. You know, when God gave us this word in 2020 of the word elevate, I never imagined that we would, would be challenged in certain areas and experience what we've experienced over the last several weeks. I never imagined that we'd be holding service here in an, an empty sanctuary. I never imagined that you would be sitting on your couch and we would have, be having service through social media, which it's amazing. It's a, it's a phenomenal thing uh, to, to, to do and have this capability to, to do that and then share it. Don't, don't be afraid to share it. Share it on your Facebook page. Share it, YouTube, whatever. You know, text a friend the link, whatever it may be. Share it because people need this encouragement today. But I've never, ever thought that we would, we, would, we would go into living rooms across America and actually, surprisingly, we see people throughout the world watching it on Facebook. And that's an amazing, amazing thing. I never imagined that when, we would, when, when God placed the word elevate in our, in our hearts and our lives, that we would be in a situation that we are in today. It's amazing how God works. It's amazing how he takes us and how he's elevating our faith and elevating who he is in this particular pandemic that we are in today. This week, God gave us another aspect of life that we need to elevate, and it's our perseverance. It's our perseverance. This week, I want to talk to you about the topic of perseverance. Over the last few weeks, we learned how to have, to have an elevated joy, have an elevated peace, have an elevated faith. You know, we try to have joy, we try to have peace, we try to have faith. But let me tell you this, the pressure of today and what we faced today and we, we faced this past week is a greater pressure than we did a week ago or two weeks ago or three weeks ago. It's in these times where we need to be an, uh, an encouragement. We need to receive some kind of encouragement to keep going, to keep moving on, to keep pressing on. And for some of us, to really just keep living, keep moving, keep, keep going on. Because I'll tell you what, we're not done. We're not done. God's not done with us. The only way to persevere is we need to, to move forward in this moment. There's no other way. We got to keep moving forward and, and where, we're at, where we are at today in life. Let me tell you what perseverance means. It means to be persistent in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. 
Persistence. Now, persistence is another word that goes hand in hand with perseverance. And it says firm or obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. Let me tell you this. It's been difficult the last few weeks. It's been very challenging. And if I walked up and told you it hasn't, I'll be flat out lying because I'll tell you right now, we've all experienced something one portion of another, our life has totally changed over the last several weeks. It's been difficult. It's, it's been difficult to wait because we know that, as we just sung about, victory is coming, right? Victory is ours. We can see the victory, but there's been a delay in the victory, and that gets tiring. Let me tell you what, the only way to go through that is to persevere. It's the only way to move forward is to persevere. But let me tell you what, it's been difficult. It's been difficult to hear the stories, to experience what we have been experienced. It's been difficult not to be discouraged. It's been difficult not to worry. It's been difficult not to live in some kind of fear. It's been difficult to live and move forward in faith. It's been difficult sometimes just to cope with life on a day-to-day -day basis, to see the numbers continually move up, to see the death toll move up, to see the, uh, all these things going on in our life. It's been really challenging and really difficult. But as a Christian, let me tell you this. We touched on it just a minute ago. We know the end story. We know victory is ours, says the Lord. We need to keep moving forward. We need to keep pushing on. And there's one way to do it, and it's with perseverance. It's to keep moving forward. It's to keep pressing on into God. Let me tell you this. This morning, we're going to see three things that we must do. The Bible talks about living in perseverance. And what does that look like? We find that in Hebrews chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me as I, as I read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 3. 1 through 3, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now, the first thing I want us to see is that you have the word therefore, right? Hebrews 12 starts out with the word therefore. And so when you see therefore, we have to look at what's going on in prior because therefore connects chapter 12 with chapter 11. And we know Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the, the hall of faith, right? Or the hall of fame of faith, whatever you want to call it. And we can see all the great patriarchs and all the fathers and, and mothers of the faith and, and how they moved forward and, and what they did in their life. We see them that they lived a life of faith. We see the likes of Abraham and Sarah. We see the likes of Noah and Moses and Enoch and Jacob and Joseph and so many others listed in chapter 11. And we know all those people are people of faith. But you know, here's the key is there is no difference between them, no difference between an Abraham and Sarah than a Dennis or yourself. There is no difference. They were human beings just like we are, just like you and I. There is no difference. What they did, though, was they lived a life of faith and they lived a life of perseverance. They were a champion of the faith, and now they're encouraging us, the word says. Are they actually sitting in heaven and cheering us on? They might. 
That helps you out visualize that. But, but the, the key here is, is really not that they're up there and cheering us on. The, the key here is that they lived a successful life of faith and perseverance. And if they lived a life of faith and perseverance, guess what? You and I can as well. You and I definitely can move forward because they didn't have they, they didn't have a worry-free life. They did they, they they had worry, they had concerns, they had needs met, uh, uh, needs that needed to be met. They had uh, uh, all these things going on in their life. Their life wasn't perfect, but what they did was they moved forward in perseverance and what God wanted them to do. And then we see then they were champions of the faith because they persevered and they went above their problems and above their issue and pushed forward. And faith. And I'm telling you right now, I said this a minute ago, you and I can too. We can persevere the coronavirus. We can persevere this pandemic. We can persevere your problems. You can persevere your worries. You can persevere your concerns. Keep moving forward in what God has for you today. All of them ran into challenges just like us. But how do they persevere? How do they do it? How do they move forward? How do they continue pressing on in the face of adversary? How do they, how do they continue pressing forward in their worries and in their concerns and their issues? Well, we find that in Hebrews chapter 12. That word, therefore, connected what they did in chapter 11 to what we see in chapter 12. So turn back. How can we elevate per, uh, per, uh, perseverance? We do these three things. The first one is found in chapter 12, verse 1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, okay, here's the key. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. The first thing, the first key that we must do is we must stay unhindered. Unhindered. Stay unhindered. The writer of Hebrew here compares a Christian walk with a runner's race. And, 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 the, and the writer of Hebrew says that the, to run a race, and he giving even clues of how to run a race. And we know that, that we've seen runners run a race, and what do they wear? They wear, you know, their, 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 their tight tanks and their tight bottoms, as, as much as, as least amount of clothes as possible that, that won't restrict them from running the race. We've seen it. Unfortunately, we may not see it this year in terms of the Olympics, but we know what they look like. We've seen them run the Olympics. We've seen runners sprint. We've seen the long-distance runners run. They, they wear things that won't entangle them and get an obstacle in terms of the race that they have, uh, have to run. And so the writer of Hebrews is telling us the Christian walk is the same way. In order for us to run a successful race, the first thing we must do is throw off everything that hinders us. Now, as we read this scripture, as we read uh, chapter one, uh, uh, verse 1 of chapter 12, we focus on one word, and, and it automatically takes our attention, and that is the word sin. We look at sin, and sin is a hindrance. I'm not here to, to downplay sin. Sin is a big hindrance. I think we know that. Sin is an easy trap. Sin is, is going to be sometimes the most, it is the most destructive thing that you will ever experience in your life if you allow. Sometimes sin looks like the most gorgeous thing, but it's going to be the most destructive thing that you will ever experience in your life. Sin is no joke. Sin is a real problem. Sin will cause you to be tripped up and tangled and will hinder the life that God has for you, has laid out for you. Sin will do just that. But let me tell you this, it's not just sin that hinders us. You know, you may be sitting at home and thinking, you know, I'm doing good in the sin department. You know, I'm, 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 doing, I'm reading my word, I'm, I'm not doing this or that, I'm, I think I'm doing pretty well. But let me tell you, there's other things than sin that hinders us. 
Sin is the obvious. But I want us to turn our attention to the other side of the scripture, the part that we always skip over. See, there are other things that are not necessarily sin that hinders our life. They could be sin. They may turn into sin. But to start off with, they're not necessarily sin. And so we kind of overlook them in our lives. There's two categories here. See, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that entangles. Hindrance and the sin that entangles. There's two things here. The New King James Version says, let us lay aside every weight. That's the first. And the sin which so easily ensnares us. That's the second. What hinders us and the sin that entangles us. The weight, the weight and the sin. Two things there he talks about. The weight and the sin. You see, the runner can't run with extra, extra uh, weight, and the Christian can't persevere with the added weight. It doesn't work that way. The runner can't run a successful race with added weight, and the Christian cannot walk their walk of faith with the added weight. It does not work. You can't do it. Extra unneeded weight hinders, uh, hinders us and hinders you from living a life of perseverance. I'll tell you this, the lighter the runner is, the more the runner can persevere, the faster the runner can run, the longer distance the runner can run because they're not hindered by the extra weight that they may carry. A long distance runner doesn't have much of weight on their body. They don't carry a lot of physical weight. And you know why that is? Because the extra weight is a hindrance and they can't persevere. They can't persevere. Over the last few weeks, We've been living in this, this pandemic that some of us, we've brought on ourselves or, or not even brought on. Sometimes it's just brought on upon ourselves. And we've taken this extra weight and we've carried this extra weight. Now, some of us have been carrying it for weeks now. I'm going to be honest with you. Some of us may have to carry it for another few weeks before we see some light. It's extra added weight See, some of us have lost employment or some of us have lost hours at work and that's an added weight. Some of us are elderly and, and so we were concerned over, over elderly, uh, our age because we've heard about it on the news. We've heard that, that the elderly is, is more uh, 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 um, susceptible to, to, to pass because of this, 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 this virus. And so that's an added weight. We heard that the compromised immune systems or if you have underlying health conditions, that's, that's another added weight. You know, you, you, you see the, the, the counts going on on TV. You see the, the, the death toll. And what we do is we take that weight and it's an added weight. And so we're carrying around all this weight that's been placed upon us. And there's only so much weight that we can take before we get broken down until we, we no longer can persevere. You know, sometimes it's just an easier thing of what we took for granted of going buying some toilet paper and food. And now we're out there in the streets trying to find simple things as necessity as toilet paper and food. And we're having issues with that. That's an added weight. And what does that do? It breaks down the body. It breaks down ment um, the, our, our mental aspect of it. It breaks down our spiritual aspect of it. And we can't progress and we can't move forward. And we, what we do is we get stuck where we're at and we give up and we don't persevere. We don't continue moving forward. The more weight you add, the less you'll be able to uh, persevere because there is a limit to the weight that you can carry, period. 
There's a, there's a weight physically that we can carry, and there's a limit to that. But there's a weight that we can mentally carry. There's a limit to that. There's a weight that we can spiritually carry, and there's a limit to that. There's a weight that we can psychologically carry or emotionally carry, and there's a limit to that. Everything has a limit, and when we exceed the limits, that's when we experience breakdown. You know, we, we see the death toll rise on TV, but you know what? There's going to be even a greater death toll from the weight and the stress and the worry that's going to come upon people in the weeks and the months to come. There's only a limit that we can carry on. Everything has a limit, whether it be your physical body, your emotional state, your mental state, your spiritual. I don't care if you're, and if you're driving down the street in a car. That has a weight limit. The elevator you took has a weight limit. The plane that, that you be flying has a weight limit. Everything has a weight limit. And what we do is when we exceed that weight limit, we become broken. We become in despair. And what happens is we stop running properly. And what happens is we break down and we no longer can persevere because we've been carrying on the weight that is not meant for us to carry as we've been carrying it. And we experience burnout and we experience breakthrough. The more weight you carry, the sooner you're going to experience a breakdown, a mental, emotional, a spiritual, a physical breakdown. There's only a limit amount of weight that you can carry. Look what Jesus says in Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. He says, come to me, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says, come to me with the weights. Come to me with your access concerns. Come to me with all the things that have been placed upon you. And I want to exchange your weight for my weight. I want to take your burdens, your, your, your heavy burdens. New, King, uh, New, New, New Living Translation puts it as heavy burdens. He says, I want to take your heavy burdens and I want to give you a new burden, a light yoke. I want to do an exchange, a swap, and I want to take the weight off your shoulders. And I'm going to give you another yoke, which is my yoke, which is light. I want to exchange with you the burdens that you are carrying and the heavy weight that you've had on your heart. And I'm going to take it and I'm going to remove from you and I'm going to give you another yoke, which is my yoke, he says. Which he says, my, my, it's a, a yoke that is easy and a burden that is light. Burdens are a weight. They weigh heavy in our life. Jesus says he'll give you a new yoke, his yoke. This morning, I... I want to pause for just a second. Right where you're at, eating, maybe putting a puzzle together, whatever it may be, I want you to pause just for a second. And I want to pray with you right here, right now. Because there's been a whole bunch of weight that's on your shoulders that's not meant for you to carry. And you've been suffering from depression. And you've been suffering from all these things that are going on. And it's the extra added weight that we or you were not supposed to carry. So right where you're at, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to bow your heads. And if you can, lift your hands up. Lord, I come before you right now. 
Lord, and you know what we're going through. You know what this world's going through. You know what our area's going through. Lord, I pray right now, as your word says, we are lifting our burdens to you. Take our burdens. Take this weight that's been placed upon us and give us your yoke, Lord. Give us what, what, what you say in your word, a, 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 a light burden, an easy yoke, Heavenly Father. I pray right now, Lord, you see the depression that are, are, that's in people's lives. And, and right now, I bind the depression. I bind the thoughts of suicide. I bind the thoughts of emotional breakdown. I bind and take captive every thought that, that's imaginable right now. And we place it underneath your authority, Lord. And we ask you right now to remove the weight that's been heavy upon our lives right now. I ask you, Lord, that the, the weight of finances, the, the weight of relational issues, the weight of health issues, the weight of the coronavirus, I pray right now it comes underneath your control, Lord, and I pray that you take it from us, Lord Jesus. Exchange our yoke, Heavenly Father. Remove from us, Lord. Allow us to feel the lightness in your presence today, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the breakthrough. Thank you for removing the heaviness from us. Thank you for the perseverance that you're going to give for us, to us. I praise your name right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. The more weight, the less you persevere. Let me tell you this. I hope you feel a, a lightness that came off you. That the, that the weight of the world that has been bearing upon you has been removed. And every time you feel that weight, it's not yours to carry. It's unnecessary. Why is it unnecessary? Because he says, he says it right there in Matthew 11, 20 through 30. To exchange it. To exchange it. Give it to him. That unnecessary weight, you're not going to persevere. Give it to God. Amen? Second thing we must do Continuing on verse 1, it says, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Now that the weight is gone, you're ready to run a race. The second thing we see is we need to stay. You need to stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. There's only one lane for you to run, and that is the lane that God has marked out for you. The author of Hebrew continues and tells us to run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. What does that mean? It means that you have a race. There's lines on the track, and it's your race to run. It's not my race. It's not any one of our races. It's your race to run. He says the, the, the race marked out for us. And a race all runners run. And all runners have a lane to run in. Your race was marked out for you. It wasn't marked out for me to run. It wasn't marked out for your husband or wife to run. It wasn't marked out for your daughter or son to run. Your race has your name on it. Your lane has your name on it. Now it's time to get back in the race and run the race that God marked out for you. Let me tell you this, though. The issue is, is there's some of us who have been on the sideline prior to this pandemic. And there's a lot of us who were placed on the sideline because of this pandemic. Just because you're a sideline, let me tell you this, does not mean your race is over. And it does not mean your race is even close to being over because you ain't done. You are not done. 
Your sideline today does not mean you're sidelined tomorrow. You may be sidelined right now does not mean that you're sidelined tomorrow or next week or next year. You have a race that's marked out for you that only you can run. And it's time to get back in the race and to keep it in your lane, in your lane that, you've, that, you, that God has marked out for you. Let me tell you this. One of the, the, one of the markings on a track is not so, it, 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 one of the markings is, is, is what's marked out for you to run. But you know there's another marking at the very end of the track, and that one says finish line. And if you're watching us live, if you're watching in the replay, if you're hearing a podcast later and you hear my voice or you see me up here, let me tell you this, your race ain't done because you haven't reached that finish line. Once you hit that finish line and you hear those faithful words that say, well done, good and faithful servant, then you're done running your race. Then you can put your sneakers up. Then you can go and, and have yourself a, a, a nice meal and, and relax a little bit. But until that time, you're not in the, girly, uh, in the pearly gates. You're not in heaven yet. So guess what? You still have a race to, be, uh, to, to run and to win. You still have a race that needs to be ran and win it. You haven't crossed the finish line. Your race isn't over. Your lane is still your lane. Your lane still has your name on it. Look what Philippians 1.6 says. P, uh, 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 Paul writes to Church of Philippi, he says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The one who started the race is going to finish the race. Just because you may be sidelined today again does not mean you're sidelined tomorrow. The one who started the race in you is going to finish the race in you. Amen. God still got you. God still is doing something. Get back in your lane and run your race. He's going to see you through through completion. He started a race. He's going to mark it out. And if he marked it out, that means there's some race left to, to run. You just got to get back on the track, get back in the lane, and keep moving forward. Get back in your lane. You see, we forget this simple concept, this huge fact that God is still in control. Yeah, we're going through a pandemic. Yeah, there's some issues going on. Yeah, you know, there's a little worry and uncertainty going on. But God is not uncertain. God is still in control. Let me tell you this. This pandemic hits us, right? And what do we do? We start running someone else's race. We get in another lane that wasn't meant for us to, to run. And so the pandemic hits us. And what do we start doing? We start freaking out like everybody else is freaking out around us. And we're, we start running in a lane that was never meant for you to run. We start looking at what, what's one doing to, to our right and what's doing to our left. And once we start doing, we, we jump lanes or we get out of the race completely and we do what everybody else is doing instead of being the anchor that everybody else needs. We get in another lane. We start running that lane. Everyone goes out and they buy toilet paper. Next thing you know, we're standing in line. We do have like six rolls at home and there's only two people and it's enough to last us for maybe a week or two. And we start freaking out because we don't have any toilet paper stocked up like the rest of the world does. So we go and we hunt for toilet paper even though we may not need it right now. We go out and buy food, food on top of food. Why? Because everybody else is buying food. And so we feel the need to get in their lane and do what they're doing and hop on the boat and start looking for food. We have a sniffles at home or, or something. Next thing you know, we start Googling symptoms of coronavirus and we want a corona test, corona 19 test because everybody else is getting one even though we have no symptoms other than maybe one, if, if that, and we start wanting to go out and look for testing. 
getting in someone else's lane, a lane that's not supposed to for us to run in. Stay in your lane. Yesterday, I saw a neighborhood app on the neighborhood app. One of our neighbors says, you know, he, 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 uh, he put a post on the neighborhood app asking a question of last action plan. He's like, you know, so what, what do we do as a neighborhood to defend our neighborhood and to defend our homes? And who, you know, who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Because I saw it on a movie. This guy is now in a lane on a movie. He's not even running his lane. He's running a lane in Hollywood. Think about that. Running someone else's race. Stay in your lane. Don't be concerned with what's going on, what other people are doing. Stay in your lane. That's your race to run. Run the race. When we allow Adam weight into our lives, we find ourselves in a lane that we're not supposed to be running in. We find ourselves in a pace that we're not supposed to be in. We find ourselves in a season that's not for us to live in. Stay in your lane. Run the race that you're supposed to run. Because you still have a race to be run. Run your race. Stay in your lane. The third thing I want us to see is found in verse 2. It says this, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Check this out. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The third thing I want us to see, and the third key is stay focused. Stay focused, right? Remove the, the, the hindrances. Stay in your lane. And once you're in your lane, stay focused. Stay focused. What do I mean by stay focused? Another way to elevate perseverance is staying focused on what God has in store. Staying focused on who Jesus is in your life. Staying focused, not looking at the negative, but focusing on fixing our eyes on Jesus. Living today and just today by faith is the only way that we're going to get through this pandemic with perseverance is fixing our eyes and faith on Jesus. Look what, what we, we'll go back to, to Hebrews 11. Look what the, the fathers of the faith, look what Moses did to, to live a life of perseverance. This is flat out, there, there's nothing else to say about this. Hebrews eleven seventeen says this, by faith, he left Egypt. By faith, Moses left Egypt. Not fearing the king's anger, he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. You're talking about fixing your eyes on Jesus. Moses saw him. He was able to persevere because he saw him who is invisible. That's powerful when you think about it. Well, how did Moses go through a pandemic? How did Moses go through the struggles that he went through? Because he persevered, because he was able to fix his eyes on Jesus. He was able to fix what he saw. He saw him who is invisible. He fixed his eyes on God. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Let me tell you this. Moses' natural eye could see the danger of Pharaoh. Moses' natural eye could see the dangers of staying in Egypt. Just like our natural eyes can see the dangers of what we're living in, the pandemic we're living in, just like our natural eyes see the things that are going around us, right? Just like Moses did. But Moses' eyes of faith could see him who is invisible. Moses understood that God was a greater factor than his troubles and his issues. We must see God as a greater factor than our troubles and than our issues. God is a greater factor than coronavirus. God is a greater factor than your situation and your problems and your concerns and your worries. What we need to do is start seeing through the eyes of faith who is, who is invisible. We need to start fixing our eyes 
eyes on Jesus just like Moses did. Through the eyes of faith, we must see he who is invisible. That's how we persevere. Let me tell you this. This pandemic will change the way we live our lives. Let me be also clear, this is not a norm for us. I heard this on the news the other day, the norm for us. This is not a norm for us. But let me also be clear, how we lived life three weeks ago, in three weeks our lives going to be completely different than what we lived it three weeks ago. Life's not going to be the same as it was three or four weeks ago. It's just not. It's, it's, this is changing us in the way we are living our life and the way we're going to move forward, just like the other major disasters, just like 9-11 changed the way we live life. This here in 2020 is going to change the way we live life moving forward. Life's going to be a little different. But how do we get through it? We start fixing our eyes on Jesus. We can't fix our eyes on what happened three weeks ago. We can't fix our eyes where we lived at three weeks ago. We can't fix our eyes on our 401k three weeks ago, even though I would love to look at my 401k from three weeks ago, right? We can't, we can't live in the past. We, all we can live is in the future. And, and how do we get there? By persevering and keeping our eyes on Jesus. How do the others do it? Let's look back in Hebrew 11, verse 13. It says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. They lived each day uh, day by faith, and they saw things happen in faith. And what happened with Jesus? Well, we see in verse 2, Hebrews chapter 12, it says, For the joy set before him, the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scoring its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Going to the cross was not a joyous thing for Jesus to do. In fact, he prayed, if it's possible, may this cut pass. But not my will, your will be done. And he did it. And he did it for you and I. The joy set before him. The joy set before him. There was nothing joyous about the cross. The joy that Jesus saw was him going past the cross, dying for our sins, resurrecting in three days, and sitting on the right hand of the Father. That's the joy he saw. He saw the end game was, hey, listen, eternity with my Father in heaven interceding on our behalf. That's the joy that he saw. He looked past the situation. He, he persevered, and the same mentality needs to come with us. It will enable us to endure. It will enable us to persevere. But the key is here is we must stay focused on who is invisible, and that is God. Stay focused. I'm going to leave you with, with verse 3. I'm going to close with this. Verse 3 in Hebrews 12 says this, Consider him, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Consider him. This week when you feel discouraged, when you feel like giving up, when you feel like you are becoming overwhelmed, when you feel like that there is no end in sight to this, this pandemic we're going through, when you feel like you no longer want to persevere, when you feel like some, sometimes some of us may not feel like even living any further. I read an article about a nurse who committed suicide because she didn't want to give her patients the coronavirus. Come on, church. When you feel like giving up, consider him who endured. Consider Jesus who endured 
Consider Jesus. I'm going to leave you with this message version of it, and this is awesome. The message says this, same, same thing, Hebrews 12, verse 3 says, when you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again. Item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Think about this again. Consider him. He endured. He endured so you and I won't grow weary and lose hearts in 2020 when we're faced with a pandemic. He endured so when we have issues and we have troubles, we can look to him, the example, the author, the perfecter, the alpha, the omega. Look to him this week and persevere and keep moving forward because God has a race for you to run where only you can run it. So wait on hindering that are in your in your life the unnecessary weight that we carry on and move forward and press forward to god consider him this week church consider him elevates perseverance let's go before the father in prayer lord i pray right now lord i feel a heaviness of my soul right now lord for the people I don't know. I know what I, I can. I know what they're going through because we're all in this boat together. But I don't know particularly what they are going through, Lord. But I ask you right now, Lord, that they start fixing their eyes on you, Lord, fixing their eyes on what is unseen. But that's faith. Fixing our eyes and considering you, Heavenly Father, what you've done, the example that you laid out, Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, that we persevere through this thing. Lord, I know you got your hand of protection upon us. I know that there's an insight. I know that there's an end game. And I know that you're going to be glorified in it all, Heavenly Father. But I ask you, Lord, in the middle of this pandemic that we look to you and we focus upon you and nothing else. We stay in our lane. We continue running the race that you have marked out for us, Lord. Allow us to continue persevering. Allow us to continue moving forward. Allow us to continue going on in faith, Lord. Encourage us this week, Heavenly Father. Allow us to sense you. Allow us to feel you. Allow us to understand you. Allow us to hear you, Lord, more than ever before. I ask you, Heavenly Father, minister to us today. As we wake up, as we lie down, as we live our life, I ask you, Heavenly Father, press yourself upon us this week, today, right now. All glory, honor, go to you, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing in your church. I thank you for what you're doing on us as a corporate body, but us as individuals. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor. And the church says, amen, amen. Hey, New Life, I thank you for inviting us back in your living room. We'll be back throughout this week, giving you some encouragement on a daily basis. Hey, don't forget, share. People need encouragement today. Let you be the encouragement that they need in their life. Amen. We'll see you back next Sunday. God bless you. Remember, communion. Have a great week. God bless you, church.